And welcome back to Your Lux Ran Out. I am your host, Julius Lux. If you're new here, welcome. This is Your Lux Ran Out. I'm just another sports fan, just ranting about sports. Just another fan, just having a fun time in the studio right now. If you are tuning in once again, thank you for tuning in once again. All right, we got some fun topics to talk about today. We got the NBA All-Star Game. We had a show from Stephen Curry. We had a game winner from LeBron James. We had the NBA's brightest stars and future generation of stars pulling up into Cleveland and had themselves a game. Then I'm going to share my first half NBA awards, such as MVP, Rookie of the Year, so forth, just to see where we're at going into the second half. We got ourselves a possible vaccine update in New York. So what does this have to do with sports? Well, if you know what's going on in basketball, if the mandate's lifted, that would mean Kyrie Irving would be eligible for every game instead of being a part-time player. How will this affect Brooklyn in the biggest way, as well as the rest of the league? Football's done. Baseball, we don't know what's going on because the, the meetings have still yet to make any sort of progress close to the deadline, which is in a few days. So we're just going to stick with basketball today. We could talk about Aaron Rodgers, but I think I'm going to save that once the decision is made for his future. But we are going to stick with basketball today. Short, sweet, and simple for y'all. So why waste time? Let's just get into it right now. here we go we are off and underway first off the nba all-star game we saw team lebron win once again he is now five and zero since the draft in the nba all-star game has been a thing and of course he showed up in akron all hyped up pre-game you know he let out a nice little roar then he pulls up at the end and gets the game winner little fade away that was a nice shot it was a really nice shot barely went in i don't know if you really saw but it hit the you know the back of the rim there and it just Went right in. Very nice shot from LeBron. We saw an incredible dunk from John Morant because that kid is just showtime. And I loved all the memes because people were saying the slam dunk contest, which it was. The slam dunk contest was awful. It was pretty terrible to watch. The dunks in the All-Star game were better than the dunk contest itself. It was also good to see Carl Anthony Towns, by the way, in the three-point contest. That was really nice to see. Congrats to him. And congrats to Obi Toppin winning the dunk contest, even though it was an atrocious show to watch. A New York Knicks has won something. Congratulations on that. Fun fact, Obi Toppin went to a school nearby my campus here at Florida Tech. He went to a school called MCC, private religious school that is about a few blocks away from my campus here until he moved to New York and, you know, he pursued his, his career in basketball more seriously. We see LeBron James gets the game winner. However, he was not the Akron-born player that stole the show. That man is Stephen Curry, the man who's beaten him multiple times, in fact, three times, in the NBA Finals. Stephen Curry drained 50 points and shattered the original three-point record in the All-Star game. The original was held by Paul George. He had nine three-pointers. Stephen Curry had 16 threes, which, by the way, would have been an NBA record if this was a regular game. 16 threes. I mean, this guy was making it from the logo, half court. This guy made one on one foot, one leg. It was, it was insane. We saw that he struggled a little bit from deep since he kind of popped off early in the year. There was those memes where like he was shooting like he was going on tour, like they looked like tour dates and statistics. 
And this is also the first season where he's shooting below 40% from three, as of right now, but I, I have no doubt in my mind he can raise that. Here is why I think Steph Curry took it a tiny bit seriously. Not saying he did, but this is just a theory. Trey Young was on the other side of the court, starting. Trey Young was being called the next Stephen Curry in college in terms of his shooting abilities and shooting range. The last time Steph Curry played Trey Young was November 8th, where the Warriors beat the Hawks 127-113. Steph Curry had 50 points that game. He also had 10 assists to add to that, but he had 50 points, 10 assists. He shot 9 for 19 from 3, which is 47%. Perfect from the line because he's one of the best free throw shooters of all time, as we all know. And overall, 14 for 28 from the field in 35 minutes played. I think he was just trying to remind everybody that I am Stephen Curry, the greatest shooter that has ever been put into the sport of basketball. And there's nobody on planet Earth here, then, and in the future that is going to be better than me when it comes to putting that ball in the bucket. I really believe... He was telling Trey Young to basically, you know, take a hike. You're not me. That's that's also, you know, like I said, it's just a theory. But I saw he put himself at 50-point performance when he faced Trey Young last time. And then this All-Star game matched up against Trey Young as a starter on the other side of the, of the court. This guy put up 50 again with 16 threes. I know it was probably for show as well. You know, it's the All-Star game. They don't take it seriously. But still, I believe there was a little, little something going on there. I really do. The other born Akron star stole the show from the man that we all know and all hear about all the time because LeBron never shuts his mouth. We hear it all the time, you know, Akron raised. The other man stole the show. So... LeBron, I, LeBron was playing that game. The way LeBron played that game was to let everybody know, oh, yeah, don't forget about the Lakers. Everyone's forgotten about the Lakers, LeBron. I'm sorry to say it. You played for the Lakers that night. You didn't play because of your little hometown. You were playing to tell everybody that the Lakers are still in the mix. They're not. The Lakers will not, will not be title threats. I will be very shocked. I will be. And it's honestly as simple as this. There's two reasons why. Three, actually, I lied. There's three reasons why. Anthony Davis is a liability on the court, meaning he's never healthy. Russell Westbrook is probably struggling the most any superstar has ever struggled in the history of sports. I mean, the downfall on this this season for him is atrocious. This guy went from averaging a triple-double last year, including leading the league in assists, to having an insane downfall in all statistics. And then they lost the trade deadline. That's the other reason why. That's the last reason why. And that's the big reason. The Lakers don't have a whole lot of value. They were not going to get anything for Russell Westbrook. His big contract and his lack of, you know, play to the ability that we know he has is not valuable this season. You're going to get a bag of cookies. You're basically going to get a bag of Girl Scout cookies in return. Anthony Davis is probably the only player that will get you somebody and something. You're not trading LeBron, of course. You're not going to trade AD, of course. But if you trade Westbrook, you're getting you're getting you're not getting anything valuable back. There's no value. There's no value. 
And what are these bench guys like Malik Monk, Stanley Johnson, Kendrick Nunn, what are they going to get you? They're not going to get you a guy that's one piece away from making a push to the title. Absolutely not. The Lakers have failed this season. They are done. But back on track, back to the All-Star game. Steph Curry also reminded people that he is still the face of the NBA. It isn't LeBron James. LeBron off the court, absolutely. Am I, I'm not the biggest fan of, you know, athletes doing their little, you know, things off the court. But I give LeBron credit. He, he puts in a lot of work. He puts in a lot of, you know, time for issues out there in the world. I give LeBron the credit for, you know, standing up, having the balls to do it. But on the court, Stephen Curry revolutionized the game to what it is today. Like, everyone said it best. You'll see 10-year-olds pulling up from three and yelling, you know, Steph Curry. And they miss it by a mile. But Steph Curry changed this game. The, mid, the, the mid-range jumper barely exists anymore. It barely does. Everything is three-pointers. When have you seen a seven-foot man shoot for threes? And I'm not just talking one. I'm talking multiple. When would you see Carl Anthony Towns, a.k.a. a seven-foot center, win a three-point contest? Especially back in the day. When? Never. You don't see that. Steph Curry changed this game. And that is why he's the face of the NBA. He is. Personally, though, personally, I would love for it to be Giannis Antetokounmpo to be the face of the NBA. Giannis is probably my favorite player out there, honestly. And it's exactly why he's dominant. He's the most dominant player in the league. Not even close. I mean, like, not saying it's, like, a far gap, but Giannis's abilities is just insane. Like, what that guy can do as soon as he steps inside that three-point line and just drives to the hoop, you want to run away. His, his physical attributes are just, un, are just unbelievable. They're, they're godly. They're, like, once-in-a-lifetime, like, features. The wingspan, the leaping abilities, the vertical, anything like that. It's just his physical attributes are just, you know, they're perfect for the sport. And as I mentioned before, Curry is shooting below 40% for the first time ever in his career so far. He is scoring about 26 a game. Very solid. Lower than the last year where he popped off for 32 a game. It was the scoring champion last year. Also a runner-up for MVP, I believe. And I also believe he's shooting actually a lower field goal percentage in his career while playing a full season. So like the year he was hurt, where he missed like the entire season, about two years ago, doesn't count. I doubt the struggles are going to continue because we know what this guy can do. He can pull up and hit hit 50 points and then he'll go on a barrage of like 40, 33, 36, 39. We know what Stephen Curry can do. We saw it last year, especially in the second half. And that's where I'm saying Stephen Curry last year in the second half put the Warriors in that play-in tournament. And if he had actually any sort of help, such as Klay Thompson or just, you know, you know, guys that are more impactful, like Klay Thompson of some sort, or maybe, you know, anybody they could have traded for. I mean, they got Wiggins. They got Wiggins, but he's he at the time he's, he wasn't a game changer. Not at all. But I think he'll be just fine, and I cannot doubt a three-time NBA champion. I cannot doubt the greatest shooter that I have ever seen and basically the greatest shooter of all time. He is the three-point king. He has two MVPs. He is somebody you cannot just doubt on. Sure, he can go two for 17 for a night from three. Cool. He'll bounce back going nine for eight, for like nine for 12 the next day. We know what this guy can do. He just showed us to not forget about the Golden State Warriors, 
because they are one of the top teams in the West and they are coming. They are back. That dynasty, different roster, different look, a lot of younger guys that are playing really well. They are in for the chip. And Stephen Curry is the face of the NBA for that reason. We're going to go into, you know, the the award winners for the first half in my books. I mean, we got to start off with MVP for sure. I mean, that's more of a breakdown that I'll give than the rest of the awards. But why not do the, the coolest one first? Let's go with the most valuable player. I made a top five for this one. This is the only list I made a top five. The rest of them, I'm just going to tell you who I believe. But, it, but you know, you got to hear, there's a lot of guys in this in this mesh that can be MVPs. There's a lot of guys, you know, that you could probably say, you know, some guys in this that are not on this list could be the MVP. I agree. This is my top five, though. Not yours. This is mine. So, number five, John Morant. This is a toss-up between him and Booker, but I believe John Morant's improvement is, you know, more recognizable because Devin Booker was already bona fide a star. John Morant was young. He's still getting a feel for the league. Now he's a superstar. And he has lifted the Grizzlies to be one of the best teams in the West this season. He's near 27 points per game. He's shooting almost 50% from the field and 33 from three. We know his athletic ability. It's basically, you know, he's in terms of his athletic abilities, it's like watching another young Derrick Rose and Russell Westbrook. He's athletic. He can jump. I'm just letting you know now that block that he had against the Lakers was probably the greatest block I've ever seen. Don't talk to me about LeBron's don't talk to me about LeBron's putback. Don't talk to me about Giannis's block against the Suns. John Moran's block is the best I've ever seen. And that was a regular season game. That was the best block I've ever seen. And the reason why is because he's a he's a guard. And he he jumped halfway up through the freaking backboard. You guys gotta recognize this man's athletic ability is ungodly. It is unbelievable, man. The majority of his stats, like I said, huge jump. And I believe and he is my most improved player as well. He's my most improved player of the year. And he's leading Memphis to be one of the top seeds in the West. I believe they are the third seed. Yep, right here. They're the third seed with a 41 and 20 record. They're nine games back from the first seeded Phoenix Suns, six and a half back from Golden State. But no one expected John Morant to bloom the way he did this season. We all knew this kid had the potential to be a stud. We all saw him as being one of the next guys up, former rookie of the year. And look what this kid has done this season. First time All-Star started the All-Star game. Had an amazing dunk, like I said, in the All-Star game before. This kid is playing like an MVP this season. Although I don't think he's going to get it because the other four, you know, they have a little bit more of a benefit and a little more of an advantage. Number four, Giannis Antetokounmpo. As I mentioned before, this freaking player right here is my favorite to watch, my favorite probably in the league. I wish this guy could shoot for three. Because if he was, he'd be the freaking best player in the NBA and it wouldn't even be close. It wouldn't even be close if he could have the ability of an above-average three-point shooter. He's already a two-time MVP. And he just continues to show how dominant and how much of a force he can be. Over 29 points a game, over 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 54% from the field. And he's improved at the line this season, 70% from the charity stripe. What I like about Giannis Antetokounmpo, of course, is his, his intensity, his tenacity. Just, just, you know, he's a great guy off the court. He's funny and all that. But as soon as he steps on the court, he's a monster. He is, he's just out for all of his opponent's heads. He's just, he's just out there to kill. Mama mentality type of style 
of play. It's what I love about him. The Bucks are looking to repeat. They acquired Serge Ibaka at the trade deadline, and I mentioned this in a previous episode. I really like this deal because, like I said, it's a good, solid bench depth player. He has a ring with Toronto. He also went to the finals when he was with the Thunder, back when Durant and Westbrook and those guys were young. And he he has ability to, you know, give a team a boost and an extra push for the playoffs. So I really think the Bucks are, you know, big contenders for the East. They are currently currently fourth in the East with Chicago, Miami, and Philly ahead of them. And honestly, I don't think those teams are better than the Bucks. I just know how Giannis can take over a game, and he doesn't even have to shoot a three-pointer. He just drives to the hoop and puts a poster on you. It's insane. Middleton can shoot. We know what Drew Holiday can do. You got guys, like I said, you got Ibaka off the bench. You got Portis. You got these guys coming off the bench that are pretty solid. So Giannis is my fourth right now, and he's, I believe he's second in the league in scoring behind Embiid. But yeah, Giannis is having himself, of course, another dominant season. You just look at his last three years, and they're just basically all the same statistics. I believe this season, though, he's averaging the most points out of the last three seasons. Number three, Nikola Jokic. He is the reigning MVP of last year, and he's got a solid chance to repeat again. He's making his case to be the best big man. He's battling with Joel Embiid. We see this guy as the most dominant non-athletic guy ever. Like, you look at this guy, and he can't even jump onto a curb, but he makes it work on the court. This guy, you know, he makes shots look easy. I've seen this guy just take the ball around the charity stripe and just hit like a small jumper. And it's like he's literally shooting over you. That's how just tall and lengthy he is. 26 points per game, almost 14 rebounds, which is more more than last year. It's, I think he's got three more rebounds in the averaging department than last year, which, like I said, he won MVP last year. And he's around eight assists, 57% from the field, 37% from, from three. And he's about 80% from the line, which I think was a downgrade from last year. The Joker has the Nuggets in the play-in tournament, like just above it. You know, Jamal Murray's out. Michael Porter's out. Jokic is running the show right now. So he's still a dominant player. He's still just showing us that he is the guy over there in the West as the best big man. And I don't know if he's going to pull it off, but he's making a great case. And I believe the second half will prove if Jokic is worth another MVP. Number two. And this guy... Is starting, he might end up being my actual MVP by the end of the year if he continues this stretch that he's on right now. DeMar DeRozan. There's an article on Bleacher Report before the season. Bleacher Report put out a, an article that said DeRozan was the worst free agent signing of the entire NBA offseason. The entire NBA offseason. Well, that one is incorrect. That is not true. Proven you wrong, for sure. DeMar DeRozan. I've always enjoyed his game. Old-fashioned, very old-school, you know, style about it. You know, he's got a solid jumper. Like like I said, as I mentioned before, the jumper is basically inexistent, but DeRozan's mid-range game is pretty sick. He would do so well in the 90s and the old-school era. But these doubters are now eating their words because he's around 28 points per game, shooting over 50% from the field. And he's not a big man. He is a forward. He's a shooting guard, small forward. Shooting over 50% from the field. And averaging over 28. He's in that 28 mark. 34% from three. It's a career high in the first time he's in the 30% mark from deep range since the final year of Toronto, which was the 2017-18 season. Chicago's the best team in the East right now. 
He's doing this with a franchise that has not been on top of the league since Michael Jordan in the 1990s, that Bulls squad running the league. What makes this special is, like I said, the Bulls have not been on top of the NBA since Jordan. If DeRozan pulls this off, I believe he has a shot to be named MVP. I still think he has a chance to be the MVP even if he doesn't do it. But if he does this in Michael Jordan's arena, in Michael Jordan's franchise that he trademarked, he put the Bulls on the map. Because we saw this hype in a young man by the name of Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, number one overall pick. Youngest player at the time to win MVP when he did. Rose won MVP at 22. He was the youngest to win the MVP, as I mentioned. Yet, Rose's career was robbed with unfortunate injuries. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a topic we always talk about. What if D. Rose never got injured? Like, how would his legacy, you know, differ? If the Bulls make it on top, DeMar DeRozan should walk away with the MVP. Like, I'm saying if they win, he deserves it. If they don't, I just, you got to see it by the end of the year what he's got. Because, you know, anybody can fall. But I'm going to tell you his stretch the last several games have been insane. Is the seventh player in NBA history with eight straight 35-point games. These are the players that also are in his company for this category of statistics. Will Chamberlain. Elgin Baylor, rest in peace. Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. LeBron James and James Harden. DeMar DeRozan joins an elite company. He joins probably the most dominant player in NBA history in Wilts, one of the greatest Lakers of all time in Elgin Baylor, and one of the best players back in his era. The greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant, the greatest player in the 2000s. He's basically the second coming of Michael Jordan. And, you know, his mentality is something that has inspired many and I believe basically has saved this generation because we know we know this generation isn't isn't, you know, the the most hardworking, the definitely the laziest in terms of what I'm used to and what the society is used to. But this guy worked harder than anybody else. So he joins Kobe Bryant as well in this list. He joins LeBron James, the greatest player in our generation who could be the greatest player of all time at one point and could possibly be the all-time leading scorer in total points. And then James Harden, who had an incredible run with Houston, where he was making a case to be the greatest scorer to ever play the game of basketball. No matter what, at the end of the season, we all got to give a standing ovation to DeMar DeRozan because we did not expect this excellent play. No disrespect to the man. Like I said, he's a former All-Star, and he was this year. He's a multiple-time All-Star. He's led the Raptors back in the day to plenty of playoff appearances. Also, you know, he took the Spurs to the playoffs. You know, Toronto definitely, you know, they they ditched him out, but they got a ring for it. But DeMar DeRozan is no joke, and he never has been. And to, what is most impressive to me is the improvement from deep because he is not a three-point shooter, and I believe he was below 20% at one point in the most recent years. He's at 34% this year. This is a career high later in his career. So huge props to him. But right now, my MVP is Joel Embiid. I saw Joel Embiid play against the Magic because the, the Orlando Magic are about an hour from me. 
it's probably the fastest big man I've ever seen in terms of a center. It looks slow from a distance, but when you see it in the highlights, he's just zooming past people. He moves like a guard, and he's seven feet tall. He's the scoring champion as of right now, nearly 30 points a game, nearly 50%, 37 from three. He's taking more shots this season. He's averaging more assists as well. He's just a monster. He's just an unbelievable player. And I believe he could have been the MVP last year if it wasn't for him getting hurt. If he didn't get hurt, I believe he made a stronger case for MVP. The 76ers now have a chance to clean the East getting James Harden because he didn't really have any significant all-star caliber help because Ben Simmons was holding out. Now that James Harden is here, that pick and roll could be lethal. And I can see Joel Embiid just continuing this scoring ability. Like I can see Joel Embiid still being the scoring champion. He's now got a solid supporting cast, nothing extra pushy, and then they get James Harden. And that's a nice extra push because we know what James Harden can do when he is satisfied. James Harden looks happy as you know what to be in Philly. He looks very happy. He looks very content. And when he plays in a happy state of mind, James Harden can be unstoppable. And I think his amazing play will stretch for the rest of the year. Talking about Embiid. So right now, Joel Embiid is my MVP. But do not be shocked if DeMar DeRozan steals it away, especially if the Bulls push in the playoffs. My rookie of the year goes to Evan Mobley of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nearly 15 points a game, nearly two blocks a game, 50% from the field. This guy's a dominant force. He's played, you know, 34 minutes. He's getting a lot of quality minutes in, and he's just continuing to help Cleveland be the biggest surprise of the NBA. And that's where I go to the coach of the year. The coach of the year goes to J.B. Bickerstaff, the Cleveland Cavaliers. You may make the case that Monty Williams, Taylor Jenkins, Billy Donovan, Eric Spolstra, but the Cleveland Cavaliers were not supposed to be where they are. They're not. We're going to be honest. The Cleveland Cavaliers were not supposed to be in the playoffs this year, or at least making a playoff contention as of right now. Currently, the Cleveland Cavaliers have the fifth seed with a 35-24 and record, which is half a game behind Milwaukee for the fourth seed. They're three and a half games from the top seed. This team was not supposed to make the playoffs. Two first-time All-Stars in Darius Garland and Jared Allen. Both are playing very well. And Evan Mobley is the rookie of the year. And they just acquired Karis LeVert from Indiana, who helps, you know, the scoring department. So Cleveland, I believe... With being the biggest surprise in the NBA, the coach of the year has to go to Bickerstaff. No, 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 no debate. And then I believe Mobley's the rookie of the year. So Cleveland gets some awards at the end of this year, in my opinion. Could make the case for Josh Giddy. Could make the case for Kay Cunningham for rookie of the year. But I believe Evan Mobley tops him. He tops it. Defensive player of the year, it's always between the same three guys. It really is. It's between Gobert, Draymond Green, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to Rudy Gobert. He always has the highest odds going in and going out each season. I mean, I I would like to see Draymond, Giannis, or even somebody different win it than Gobert. I mean, Gobert's won it about three times, I think. So, I mean, Gobert, you know, he deserves it, of course. He deserves it every year when his interior defense is just prime-time league of its own. So I wouldn't be surprised if he walks away with it. Sixth man of the year has got to go to Tyler Hero because that boy is averaging 20 points a game off the bench. He's getting a good amount of minutes. He's getting 32 minutes. 
It's about he's aver- he's averaging about 17 field goals a game. He's shooting 42% from deep. He's shooting 37. He's averaging 20 points as I mentioned before. So I think Tyler Hero is a, is walking away with the six man. I don't even think it's close. I really do not think it's close. Most improved player as I mentioned before, John Morant. Not even not even a discussion. Darius Garland, Dante Murray could make the case. Miles Bridges, Desmond Bain, maybe Jared Allen too. But those are guys that are like you know they're trailing behind John Morant when it comes to the most improved player. John Morant, by far, as I mentioned, has improved in just about every statistical category, and he has blossomed into a superstar, and is contributing to Memphis's great success in being the third best team in the Western Conference as of today. We got an update from the New York City vaccine mandate. This thing could be lifted. This thing could be, you know, no longer on the table. The plan is to phase out the vaccine mandate in about a few weeks, which means Kyrie Irving would return as a full-time player. Kyrie went on Twitch to say this, just watch out for our squad after the break. Just watch. There's 20-something games left, but I'm telling y'all, just watch out. God willing, if we stay healthy and everything works out, Ain't nobody stopping us. So, if this happens, we will see a healthy Kyrie Irving, full-time Kyrie Irving, hoping, hoping to God he has no other reason to back out from basketball because we know his history. He will not play for certain reasons. We have Kevin Durant coming back, and we know what he can do post-injury. A torn Achilles did not stop him. A torn Achilles, by the way, is a killing of an injury because it basically kills your career. Kevin Durant looks like he never missed a game of basketball coming back from a torn Achilles. Ben Simmons, whenever he steps back on the court, we know, you know, he's got his own mental thing going on, but he should be back anytime soon. I said he should be back by the All-Star break. It's after the All-Star break. So look out for Ben Simmons and look out for Kyrie Irving, who should be back full-time if this mandate comes out because both these guys want to win. Both these guys have points to prove in terms of off-the-court things because they have barely played this season. They've held out. Kyrie for a reason. Ben Simmons because of the Philly drama that was going on over there. Ben Simmons hasn't touched a game situation all season. He finally gets the opportunity. We get Patty Mills, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, Nick Claxton. They picked up Goran Dragic, which, by the way, a pretty, a pretty solid pickup if this squad is all healthy. And then, you know, you got Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Bruce Brown. Joe Harris doesn't look like he's coming back, but let's say if he does come back, you got another shooter in Joe Harris. This healthy team can beat anybody because a healthy Kevin Durant, a healthy Kyrie Irving, and a healthy Ben Simmons, who's the defensive anchor and can move the ball very well, these three operate just fine. They will do just fine. When Katie and Kyrie and Harden did play, even though 16 games, they were 13-3. and So this team with Simmons, like I said, better defense, better depth now because of the other players they acquired. Better rebounding because they got Andre Drummond. They got another shooter in Seth Curry. They have Patty Mills, like I mentioned before. And they got Goran Dragic. That's a solid little guard depth right there. That is solid. A healthy Brooklyn Nets team with the talent they have can outplay them all. They can. It's just the coach. Is Steve Nash the guy? Because we look at all these coaches that are topping the league. Doc Rivers already has a ring in his resume. Couldn't bring one home for Lob City in that awesome LA era. 
with the Clippers, but now he's got Harden and Embiid. Mike Budenholzer did get his job saved last year, and that was for beating Brooklyn, but that's thanks to James Harden being 50% and Kyrie getting hurt with the ankle injury. Billy Donovan, you know, coach of the year candidate, his system's working well. Like I said, DeRozan is playing like an MVP. Eric Spolstra, you know, one of the best coaches in the league. They've got a scrappy team, you know, with Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, and more. Cleveland, the surprise team, the coach of the year, to my opinion. As of right now, Brooklyn is in the play-in, which, you know, is not going to cut it for the Brooklyn Nets. And I don't think they're going to be there if Kevin Durant comes back healthy, ready to go, and Kyrie Irving's full-time. I think they'll squeak by the play-in, but I don't think they're going to be in that play-in bracket. But if they're in that play-in bracket, it's basically, you know, almost a game of sudden death for them. They got to win every game. Brooklyn will be a threat. I'm not calling them favorites yet. Because I need to see all three of these guys before I can say they are going to be the champions. We see their roster. We see them on paper and we're like, yes, this is the championship team right here. We know what Kevin Durant can do. We know what Kyrie Irving can do. Ben Simmons, we know what he brings to the table with his game. We got all these other guys on the bench, Curry, Mills, Dragic, Aldridge, all these guys I've mentioned already. We know what this Brooklyn Nets team can do on paper. In terms of on the court, when all three finally get to play, will it happen? Will it happen? We just know that there will be something Kyrie Irving can hold out for. We don't know what Ben Simmons is going to do. Kevin Durant's Brooklyn tenure was not what he thought. He's been left out the dry. He's been let down. He's been disappointed. And this has got to be the year. This has to be it. This can't be going on any longer for, Dick, for Kevin Durant. Not saying he has anything to prove because he doesn't. He's the best offensive player, offensive talent I have ever seen. He's the most unguardable player I have ever seen. Literally the best players in the world, best players then and now, have said this is the most unguardable player. He's basically seven feet in shoes that can pull up from 35-40. This guy can pull up anywhere, knock it down. His playoff run last year was slept on. He was unbelievable. People were saying he was going to go for 50 for Game 7. He did exactly that. He had an amazing triple-double performance against the Bucs. That series against the Bucs was probably the best I've ever seen him play all around as an all-around player on all aspects of the game. He is the best all-around player when he is healthy. It is time for the Brooklyn Nets to finally come together. Forget all this, forget all this drama. Please forget this drama and just do what you came together to do. You wanted to team up and form the Avengers to win. So do that. Just do that. That's all you have to do. Just come together and get the job done. It sounds easy. It's easier said than done, especially with Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons, the way they're holding out. I just pray that Ben Simmons is doing okay mentally. I really hope so. I know both Irving and Simmons are, you know, they're doing their thing off the court. They're working out. They're getting things done. But I just want to see these three play. I don't want to see 16 games with this trio. I don't want to see that Harden, KD, Kyrie bust of a trio that was put together i don't want to see 16 games with this new three i don't want to see this i don't want to see this 16 game bs i don't i'm tired of seeing the load management or the, you know the off the court antics get on the court do your job do your job bring brooklyn a title they've not won a title in their franchise's history make history which is why you all came together to play you formed the avengers to get the job done and you failed to do it in the years Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have been with the team.
like I root for New York. I'm a Knicks fan, but I also want the Nets to win. I don't mind that. I don't, I'm tired of seeing Brooklyn going through this keeping up with the Kardashians nonsense. I really am. I just believe that if this team actually wants to play together, this team is healthy, 100% on the go, this team can run through the East. This team can take it to the finals. This team can beat the top-seeded West teams. I believe Golden State would give them the most trouble, but I believe Ben Simmons coming to the Brooklyn Nets is a huge, huge advantage on the defensive end because Brooklyn has always struggled with the defense, and now that Simmons is a lockdown defender, a defensive player of the year candidate just about every year he's been on the floor, he can lock down those shooters in Curry, Thompson, so forth. He can guard multiple positions. He can he can take down Devin Booker. He can limit Chris Paul if he wanted to. A lot of people give Ben Simmons a lot of crap because he can't shoot. That's okay. I will take his defense on any team ever. I will take his defense to stop the best scores in the league any day of the week, any day at all. He's that impactful on the defensive end. The only issue is when it comes to being the defensive anchor in crunch time, and you can't secure shots, you can't knock down shots at the free throw line, it is not going to help. They can foul Ben Simmons with no problem. They will they will take the foul, they will put him on the line, and make him score. Make him be an impact. On the offensive end, we know what he can do on the defensive end. And by the way, this guy puts up about 16, 18 points a game on the offensive end, but that's driving to the hoop. That's not shooting. That's not making any threes. None of that. That is going to the hoop and praying to God you don't get fouled. That is layups and dunks. On the line, he is not the guy you want to win the game because you don't, you're not guaranteed to get the job done. You're not. So I really am curious to see if Brooklyn will actually get the entire team to play together for once. I am obviously hoping so because I want to see a show. I want to see Kevin Durant bring a title to New York of some sort because New York sports have suffered enough the last several years. I would love a championship to go to Brooklyn, especially to Brooklyn for the first time ever. They never won in New Jersey, not even close. To bring it to Brooklyn, please, please do it. I want to see Kevin Durant lift the trophy somewhere else. Not with a Golden State team that beat him. 73 wins, 9 lost record team. Not the team that beat him down 3-1 to and came back where he choked with Oklahoma City. I want to see him lift the title with Brooklyn. I want to see him do it with Kyrie. I want to see him do it with Ben Simmons. I want to see him do it with Andre Drummond. All those boys out there in Brooklyn. I want to see bed take home the trophy. And that'll be all for your lucks right now. Thank you for tuning in, all my rookies and veterans. Thank you for listening. Just another, you know, another fan. Just another fan ranting. Speaking my mind about sports. This is Julius Lux. I am signing off. Till next time.